welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Review Show. Four points over the Easter period, including a morale-boosting win over Cardiff in Wales on Monday, has given us a little bit of a glimmer of hope that maybe, just maybe, the season isn't done yet. Um, we didn't really have the space, the time um, to record or edit after the whole game, so we're going to try and go over the Easter period in full as best as we can um, and give our thoughts on maybe the immediate future moving forward and obviously as we think towards next season, maybe even even delve into that. But um, we've got two guests, one regular that is always, always here. Uh, Dave Lawrence, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you, mate. It's, uh, yeah, nice, nice result. Um Sun shining down here. Happy days. And second of all, he's decided to join us after a win. Oh, shock. Uh, Brad, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, a little bit rough. Um, I literally woke up about six minutes ago and then realised you sent me the link. So I was like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not bad. Good to be back. Like I say, I don't come on while the results are shit, apparently. And uh, Ross has been banned for reasons unknown. Um, he will never be back. We hate Ross. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you first. Obviously, it's kind of hard. We are talking about before the game, talking about the whole game, and then talking about the Cardiff game because essentially, like, footballs and opinions and reactions are only as quick as, like, a, a, a 90, it's 90 minutes, basically. And I think if it was either way around, obviously, it would feel a little bit more of a, a, a kick in the knackers, to be honest. But obviously, we've pulled out a big win yesterday, a really important win, probably a one that was, well, not probably, it was far deserved following on from that game which was crackers on Friday but in, ter- in terms of the, the last two games in the Easter period as, as a whole how are you feeling sort of Tuesday morning um, about the, the last two games yeah it's it is always the hope that kills us isn't it and it's it's just lingering on it's it's given us that possibility that we might just sneak in there um it's can't complete Cardiff, by the way, were bang average, like torrid, absolutely torrid, to be fair. They were disgustingly bad. Um, but we shouldn't take that away from us. Again, just to echo what I say every week, if we had a centre forward, we score four or five goals yesterday, um, which I suppose is the frustrating part of it. Um, but no negative other than the fact that if we don't squeeze into the playoffs, it's just a season of what ifs, but for equilibrium and to to kind of bring the balance back. Listen, it's been an absolute privilege of a year because we haven't even been close to being dragged into it, and yeah, we've played some lovely football. Should have gotten the Puskas Award for the goal at Redden. There's there's tenfold positives compared to negatives. So yeah, an- another good result. Great for I mean Easter Monday, sunshine and two thousand six hundred, two thousand eight hundred fans. Yeah, club is well and truly on the up, and uh, enjoying every minute of it. To be fair, yeah, I I, I think the same. Um... In terms of you talked about having a strike yesterday, I honestly felt like you're right. If Ross Stewart's there, that's potentially a four nil. And I suppose that's I don't want to touch on it too much because it's kind of gone, even though we kind of have to because it's the last two games we're discussing. But the whole game, for example, like 
that's the one game in ages I've gone, well, we definitely didn't need a striker at that point, but I felt like we could have done with a couple of new centre-halves <laughs> during that game. And so that game sandwiched in between a clean sheet at Cardiff, which, yeah, I wasn't massively impressed with them. They were one of the, the worst sides we came up against in both games, to be completely honest. It was just we were really bad in the home game. But um, before that was Burnley, you know, it's not easy to get a clean sheet away from home in this division, no matter who you're playing against. And to get one at Burnley, well, we're the only side to do it. And then in between that, against Hull, who are the same as us, don't really have any strikers. We go and concede four, but then we look amazing going forward. So it's, you know, I was, I think, quite obviously quite angry about the game on Friday, but I feel a lot better about the game yesterday because I think we've said a few times on this one, we've had a bad performance. And to be fair, if you kind of pick through it, there's been five or six when you've gone, that wasn't great. Especially that period of Coventry, Rotherham, uh, Stoke, but the response has always been really good. And I think that's probably where the the proof is in the pudding, the way Sunderland are responding to sort of poor runs or, or poor games or or just circumstances going against us. I mean, we've got no centre-halves yesterday. Um, I kept the clean sheet. I know it was against an average team, but like I said before, you don't keep clean sheets in, in this division away from home unless you've, you've played well in defence. But um, Brad, same question to you. Obviously, it's, it's probably hard for me to look back on the game on Friday because as great a game it was. I was actually fuming about it, but... When you win a game a couple of days later, you keep a clean sheet, you kind of forget about it. But um, what were your thoughts on sort of the Easter period and, and fall and, and particularly the game against Cardiff yesterday? Um, when you look back at the Easter period, it's been quite exciting. <laughs> um, I know we threw it away and it's... Well, we look back on that at the end of the season and think, oh, that we're, we're 10 seconds away from them. Two points, which might have got us into the playoffs. Um but it was a very exciting game on Friday. It was, it was just a comedy of errors, I think, from both teams at the time. No one wanted to keep hold of the ball. But yesterday, um, again, like you touched on, it's credit to the lads how they bounced back and kept it organised at the back. Uh, I thought Danny Bart was absolutely immense yesterday once again. I mean, he's potentially probably our player of the season. Um if you take the, the four goals that we conceded against Hull and the five against Stoke. Um, I, I thought he was excellent. Um, but yesterday, like like you said, Cardiff were poor. Like they weren't just bang average. It they, they were probably one of the worst teams I've seen, especially first half. And it shows when they go and make a double <laughs> double substitution on thirty five minutes and then haul someone else off at half time. Connor Wickham. Um, and I just want to mention that people were saying we should have maybe signed him. Thank fuck we didn't. I'd rather have no striker than have him. Because he was absolutely atrocious. And I don't necessarily want someone playing with us who's got a man bun. Um, but yeah, four, four points from there. <laughs> well, I'm sure, sure we had like three episodes of this where we went, just sign any big striker. But man yeah. bun, no, not at all. No. no. I watch a film with Jake Jones in, but not the ones where he's got the man buns in. Great actor, but the man bun just killed it. Panic concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, four points over that Easter period. It's it's a good return for, for where we are. And look, we've got two big home games coming up against teams right down there. And then we wrap it up with three teams. The, the season ends with three teams in and around us. So if we can go and win the next two at home, and I'm not saying that we will because I, I, think, I think we've only won five or six our season at home. But there's a chance there. If we go and win the next two, we can go in them last three games against teams around us and think, right, we have a good chance here. And let's just see where it takes us. 
it's give us a chance and it's give us a bit of hope. And it's, I mean, I was looking forward to a drama-free end of the season <laughs> for once in the 31 years that I've been alive. But that's not going to happen. Um, I think we might still sneak in, to be honest. Because t- if you look at the fixtures, all the other teams are playing each other as well. The teams are going to drop points, especially over the next two games. If if we if we end with a shout after the next two, I think it's time to get excited again. I know, and you know what I quite like. I mean, I I, I we're going to go further into how many points we think we'll get and stuff at the end. Um, but yeah, there was a bit of hope there actually, because and I think that you know what it's born out of not. I'm saying the we're all saying the word hope, but it's born out of the fact that we're actually a really good side, um, and and all the things that we've discussed about how the the clubs on the up and all the sort of things we've gone to do over the season, but but I think ultimately what it really boils down to is we're a good side, like and it's felt like it's been a while since we've been able to say that. I actually enjoy watching us, not always when we give away penalties in the last minute against Bristol City and Hull and all that. That that annoys me a bit, but. I think in terms of especially our attack and play, like, I mean, Dave touched before about the Postcast Awards. There's probably about three or four goals that could quite easily nominate what Huddersfield, uh, the, the goal that Jack Clark scored against Hull on um, Friday. And of course, uh, the goal against Redden. I think when we're in full flow, we tear teams apart. Um, I touched on a player there, Jack Clark. He was unplayable on Friday. Absolutely unplayable. And I think a lot of the plaudits went to, to Danny Barton, rightly so. Yesterday, he, he manned the defence where he was the only big towering centre-half. But Dave, I think, I don't know if it is a debate, to be honest. I know some people think I'm not huge fans of Jack Clark. I think it's a more of a minority. But for me, when we're talking about players of the year, he doesn't get mentioned enough. I thought he was brilliant again yesterday. Um, I think he absolutely tortures teams and I'm absolutely not surprised that he's been linked to, to clubs in the Premier League. But um, how vital is it that we make sure that any of those bids that do come in in the summer, which I think they will, we just say, uh, no, thank you very much unless you're going to pay us £30 million. Because I think in today's market, on current form, his potential, he could be worth a lot. Definitely. He's... Um, I, I don't know. It, he's one of those players that Sunderland have, have never, certainly in my time, have supported them. Uh, have never really took a gamble on because he can he can produce something for nothing from nothing, but he's also frustrating at certain times of the game. But you need players like that. It's it's all very well having like defensive wingers and stuff like that, but the way that we're now trying to play football, he's creative, he's direct. Mm. Listen, some of the goals that he scored, some of the goals that he's laid on this season. And nothing short of bits of magic. And it, to be honest, reminds me a little bit of Alan Johnson when I was growing up, to be fair. Um, I've I've got lots of time for him. And, and also the fact, you've just got to remember how young he is as well. He, he's, he's not like 26, 27. The bit that probably lets him down a little bit, I noticed there was a couple of times yesterday, don't get me wrong, he doesn't shirk the challenge, but he's just a little bit lightweight, isn't he? But he's a little bit kind of, not filled out and stuff like that. And and I suppose that's the bit that holds him back. But I think I think after the the year or the season that we've had, I can't this is the great thing that stands Sunland in good stead because where they're gonna go 
where they're going to get what we give them. Yes, okay, they might get Premier League football. And let's say, for example, Wolves stay up, let's say Everton stay up, and let's say, I don't know, someone along them, Bournemouth. Let's just say them three stay up. If he goes there, are them three good clubs going to offer him much more than what we already offer him? I don't think they are. He's, he's clearly settled. When we score a goal, you see the reaction of the whole squad. As I'm not, I know a few people have said, well, we're going to get bids left, right, and centre. What are we really worrying about Crystal Palace? Now, that might be like kind of me being massive, massively biased towards Sunderland, but to go and play at Sellers, Sellers Park in a relegation dogfight or play for Sunderland, hopefully next year, push on even further. You just said sell off, Park. <laughs> it's, it's the... It's the... <laughs> oh, we all know that's not getting edited out, and that's the title of the show this week, isn't it? Oh, sell off, Park. I have, again, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, so I can't even... I'm saying that. I have been around the local market and I have tried a few rums this morning. Just little samples. So maybe that's what's done it. But yeah, I, I'm not worried. I think all the players that are there this year, apart from the Lawneys and stuff, I, I think they will feel as though they owe the club one good good. And it, that doesn't... Listen, of course, the club's going to... Is that the second time I said listen today as well? <laughs> what a treat. Get his head out. Um, they're going to accept 25 million if it comes in there's no doubt about that but I think he's been brilliant I, I think he's he's quite shy he's quite quiet he just goes about his work and I was watching a video the other day um, of it was oh, Danny Guthrie seems to have a lot of little coaching clip videos out of the minutes believe it or not um, he's doing some academy somewhere. And he said the first time that he played against uh, Hazard, he, he was one of those that he's not that big, he's not that strong, and he got kicked to shit. And it actually shows you here, it actually shows you a clip, uh, a clip of Hazard's, um, Hazard's socks after the Redden game. And he has been absolutely hacked to shreds. There's blood coming off his socks. There's holes in his socks. And he said the great thing about Hazard was he just wanted the ball every single time. Give him the ball and he goes again, no matter how many times you bring him down. And I see I see quite a lot of that in Jack Clark, to be fair. And I think that's a huge testament to him. I actually agree. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's in the same quality, but we're talking about a very, very good player. But I get what you mean in terms of his... I think we said before he never hides. And I think that was like earlier in the season... I don't agree that he's frustrating. I've got to be honest. I know some people do, like, and that's what I was alluding to before. I don't. Um, I think he's got eight goals and eight assists for 3.5 million, which I don't even think we've paid up front, um, if I'm completely honest with you. That's an absolute steal at this level. It's just bizarre. Um, for me, he's up there with a shout for our player of the year, without a doubt. I think, arguably, you could maybe say Danny Bart challenges him for it. Um, but for me, Jack Clark's been... Just outstanding. Um, and I know people love Diallo, and I'd love Diallo to stay another season. I don't think he will. But for me, if you give me the choice between Jack Clark and Diallo, maybe it's controversial here, but I take Jack Clark every every single time. 
every single time. Um, I just much prefer him. I'm a huge, huge fan. I don't find him frustrating in the slightest. I love, I love his almost like arrogance that he, he, he can see, knows he's going to beat his man. And I know he doesn't always, but I kind of like that's arrogance from a winger. It's what you should be having. But, but Brad, I wanted to throw you an, another player here. Um, I've been quite critical of A, the signing, B, the way that he's played and C, the fact that I said, I think it was the last, I think it was after the Luton game, I said, look, it's just obviously not going to work. He scored on Friday. He didn't start yesterday, but he came on and he actually held the ball quite well, I thought. Joe Gelthardt's been all right over Easter. Is there an opportunity where maybe Gelthardt can have an important say in the, the run to the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think <clears throat> he was thrown in and given a role he was never, ever, should have never, ever been playing. Um, but as time's gone on, he has seemed to have not as dropped deep as much. He, he seems to, he's starting to learn how we are playing. Um, I mean, yesterday he had a glorious chance. He was in the middle of the box, central of the goal, and he took a touch. And that's just like, ah, just hit the first time, man. But ultimately, he hasn't cost us. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think he's imp- his performances have improved. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, he likes to get on the ball. He, like you said, he, he wants the ball into his feet. He just needs to start learning to get a ball over the top and run onto it, not to, not to come looking for it every single time. But there is a good player there. We spoke about it the other week when we were saying we were feeling a bit sorry for him. There is definitely a player there. And I think he, is that, that was his second goal he scored for us now. And it was a good finish. He was in the right place. He was in the centre of the box. Uh, great assist from Jack Clark when I don't think he meant it. Um, but no, I, I think I think you will start again. Um, the next couple of games, I think it was just a, mo- a, a the fact of the game came on three days, two games in three days over that period. I think that's why there was a few changes yesterday. If we agree with them or not, ultimately it's worked with one. I think you'll get another couple of goals, and the next two games, like we've said, that they're against teams down the bottom. We're going to have a lot more of the ball. Um. I, w- I would fancy him to get a couple. And I, I wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago. I think we sort of resigned the fact, just think, oh, we're just going to have to see the season out without any sort of striker. But I, I, I've seen enough there in the last couple of games, especially especially Friday. I think he started slow, but the whole team did. But as soon as he got his goal, he just seen the confidence come out of him. Like he was just oozing and he was he was all over the place for us. Um, so, yeah. I think he's he's got a good chance of anyone who's going to be playing that role to make an impact going forward and the next couple of games especially look the free hits really the sort of like let's go and let's make sure these that we can go in the last three games with something to play for and just play the way we have been but let's feed him because the, he has got talent he can hit a ball um so yeah I, I, I he's impressed me the last couple of weeks. Really yeah, awesome. yeah, same. I'm the same. I think he's not been outstanding, but I've seen like flickers of improvement. And with five or six games to go, then that's good. And and sort of fair play room for similar to what we said about Jack Clark before. You know, whereas Jack Clark has produced often and the odd one bad game he's had in like ten or whatever. He's he's not hid. I don't feel Gelta up until recently shown too much for various reasons, not all his own fault, but he's never really hid. I think he's always 
trying to get on the ball, probably too much at points, and he certainly never shirked his um his pressing and stuff like that. So you know, fair play. I hope he does something towards the end, and I, I definitely have to say I think there's been a slight improvement um, and a goal, which ultimately is going to be really important for a player in that position. Um, by the way, I checked Connor Wickham's hair. It doesn't look like a man bun. It looks more like a perm. No, there was definitely this little golf ball sat on top of his head because our Archie said, Dad, why has he got hair like Gareth Bale? I said, well, he might do. He doesn't fucking play like him. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely a stupid little man bun that he's got sat right on the top there. Oh, no. I mean, uh, you know, like I've got weird hair myself. Um, but, yeah, not for me. Um, moving on swiftly. The Tony Mowbray syndrome. Now, obviously, Dave, I had... Blackburn fans, Coventry fans, people who'd had Tony Mowbray manage them before, telling us about the the drop-off from Tony Mowbray that's going to happen. And we've got a bit of stoke. We lost those games against Rotherham and Coventry. But go up, there's there's Tony again. And fans of of those teams. And I think from within Sunderland, we knew that there was more to it, i.e. the striker situation, the fact that like Decisions hadn't gone our way. And like, I think the, the Coventry game for me, the, the first goal, going back to that was, in my opinion, a couple of fouls. Um, but there was reason behind why we were winning and I don't think any of us necessarily pointed the finger directly at Tony Mowbray outside of maybe one or two mistakes that he'd made. Now, we're coming into sort of April time, still got a chance at the playoffs. I think, in truth, without a striker, we were never going to be sitting at fourth. Inside the club, Dave, I think... We're now, how many months on from his appointment? So August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. So we're, we're eight, nine months into his tenure. I've got to be honest with you, I'm delighted with Tony Mowbray. Um, I haven't noticed any drop-off that I didn't expect. Um, I didn't expect Tony Mowbray to work miracles with no strikers and no Ross Stewart and Ellis Sims getting recalled and keep us fourth. You would hope he did. But I think he needed to be helped out by recruitment, but I think... Looking at Tony Mowbray's job this season, I think he's been one of the signings of the season. Um, if I'm completely honest, and I really want to give him credit. I think whenever I've had a bit of a red flag about him, it's disappeared within about a game, incomprehensibly disappeared. But how much credit do you think Tony Mowbray deserves for not just the football we've produced this season, but continuing that team spirit after all the issues he's had, including A, we've lost our manager. He had to keep the team spirit with that. We've lost Ellis Sims. We lost a striker. We've lost... Um, Roscoe, we lost Dan Ballard. We've lost so much stuff. There's been so many things that have gone against us this year and we're sitting here talking about potentially getting in the playoffs. How much of that needs to go to, uh, credit needs to go to Tony Mowbray, Dave? Massively. Um, I think me and you were, me and you were quite um, vocal on the fact that we were uninspired when he, when he got appointed. Um, and fair play to him. He's, he's come in, he's, maintained if not better the standard that we already had definitely in terms of morale and and no no die what like never say die attitude no die attitude (laughs) no die attitude i no die no die today (laughs) you watch the irony i'm gonna i'm gonna die today now thanks for that um (laughs) uh, this this podcast is dedicated to the ghost of dave lawrence Who said no die today and then died? <laughs> I'll tell you what, you can make a song out of that. I died. Ironic. Nothing in Don't that song's think? ironic, by the way. No, not at all. 
Anyway, enough of a laugh. We digress. We digress. We digress. As always. <laughs> uh, so yeah, massive. The one, the one thing I'll say, and I've said it since we since we got ready. Um, all them years ago, you need someone who understands the area and understands the people. And Mowbray just gets it massively. He's a little bit different, certainly outwardly. He's very calm, composed. But I get the feeling that behind the scenes, he's very passionate, vocal, telling the boys exactly how it is. Um, yeah, so much credit for me. Uh, I think the I think the football's improved under him. If I'm honest, uh, I think the attitude, the core basis of the attitude was already there. I think the football's has flourished under him, um, and trying to fit the right people into the jigsaw puzzle with every every problem that we've had this year, exactly like you've just said. I think huge credit to him. Um, I I wonder. I'd love to sit with him as like one of his confidants and 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 actually hear what he thinks, whether he thinks to himself, I really want to have a good go at these playoffs and try and get there, or whether he's kind of downplaying it like he says to us lot, and oh, we'll see what happens. I'd be really intrigued. I'd love to know that. Um, yeah, absolutely huge credit. And I, I'm, if we don't make the playoffs this year, which I like, say the hope kills us, I'm, I'm already looking forward to next year and seeing who he gets in um, with the recruitment team and seeing seeing how far we can kick on, to be honest. Yeah, same, absolutely. Um, I, I think things are just positive at the minute, like, and, it, and it's nice. Um, it feels like whenever there's been a wee bit of negativity, then suddenly we'd, we'd jump into like immediate positivity that makes us feel better about about everything. But um, look, I, my predictions are terrible. Um, I somehow called a nil-nil draw at Burnley. Like, I don't know how I called that, but that's kind of my one that I've had right in about the past six months, I think. But I just wanted to look through the last few games, Brad, really. And we've talked about flirting with the playoffs, getting in the playoffs and X, Y and Z. Um, it's going to be a challenge, right? Just obviously at the time of speaking, we're 10th on 58 points. Blackburn Rovers somehow are on 62, uh, four points ahead of us. We've played a game more than them, but then also Millwall are also on 62 and we're on the same game as, as them with a better goal difference in both those sides. So we need them to lose a few games. We need to win a fair few and we need a better luck on our side as well. But looking at the the last sort of games that we have here, in terms of the matches, we've got Birmingham at home on Saturday, Huddersfield at home on the Tuesday, West Brom away the following weekend, then Watford at home and then Preston away. Um there's teams in around there that I'll be wanting to potentially push for the playoffs um, themselves. Obviously, you've got Preston sat in seventh, which means it could be an interesting game. West Brom sat a point behind us in 11th and Watford sat two points behind us in on 56. Uh, West Brom playing one game less than ourselves, I think. But when we look at those games, Brad, one, two, three home games, two away. We've been better away from home, to be fair, but... Realistically, how many points? Not do you think we can get because in reality we can get maximum points. Of course we can. All those teams are beatable, but we also can get beat off all those teams. How many points do you think we'll get? And I know you said you think we'll sneak in, but what needs to happen for us to sneak in? In your opinion, <laughs> going to sound 
we need 15. We need to win every single game. There's, but we're more than capable of doing that. Um, I think you, I think you said Blackburn's got a game in hand. Did you? Um, their game in hand, I'm sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is against Burnley, so it's a local derby. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, if if I'm being honest, I, I think I think we'll get twelve. I do think we'll get 12 points. Um, it could be enough. Like I said, that a lot of the teams around us, I seen someone put on Twitter yesterday, they're all playing each other. So there are going to be teams dropping points. Where one of them that's playing teams in around us, I just feel like how we've performed against some of the teams, especially away from home, we're more than capable of beating them. Um, <clears throat> Watford are probably the most hit-and-miss team in this division. Um... And if we can apply ourselves correctly, we, we'll give them a good stuff. And I think I've just got a feeling about it. Um, the final home game of the season. And if that, if we get to the final home game of the season and look, and it's maybe just out of our hands, but it's still a possibility. That's the state of my life. It'll be rocking, absolutely rocking against Watford. And that could work in our favour. I know it's an old cliche in football. The next game's the biggest game, but DMA, the game, the game on Saturday against Birmingham is absolutely massive. I think Birmingham, uh, they're not one of the worst teams in the league, but they haven't really pulled up any trees this season. Um, so if we can apply ourselves correctly, I, I, where are Birmingham in the league? Are they maybe just below Hull? Probably no danger of going down. Uh, Birmingham, to my knowledge, uh, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure they're about the 17th. They're actually 17th. They are nine points clear from safety. Right, so that's going to be pretty much another game similar to Hull, where they're not going to go down because the teams below them aren't going to pick up nine points in the last five games. There's no chance about that. Um, so it, it's going it, it's got the makings of another quite an exciting game. Let's just hope that we don't ship four goals. Hopefully Mrs. O'Neill has had a baby and he's back. Um, but, yeah, five games to go, it's it's impossible to predict with us because, like you've just said, over the last few weeks, we, we've had a good enough hull. Uh, Stoke. We conceded four against Hull. We, we lost against Rotherham. But then we go and put on a performance away at Norwich and Burnley and like we did yesterday. It's, it's impossible, but I'm hopeful of 12, but realistically, I think we need to win every single game. And look, we're capable of it. I mean, what's given me a lot of confidence lately is how Tony Mowbray has been able to change. Right? We set up different against Burnley. It worked perfect. Yesterday, we had one fit centre. Oh, we had two, but apparently Anderson is not allowed to play. Um, We had one fit centre-half, and he's adjusted it to a back three, and it's worked. It, it worked quite well, especially... A, we were back three, but when we were on the defence, you do you always seen um, Gooch was tucking in at one side, so it, it worked. It worked well, and um, it's given me confidence that he can tinker with the team, albeit he hasn't got the personnel to do so as much. But he can tinker it to adjust to who we're playing, um, and that bodes well for us. Like I say the next two games are at home, and they're massive, absolutely massive, and I just hope the fans get behind us. The, the lads as well. I, I've said between seven, eight and nine, I'm not quite as confident, but I think 
And look, the Huddersfield game, I think, in particular, is really tough. I think games at home, for some reason, seem to be a bit more tough for us. We've won six this season, and we've been kicking the arse away from winning eight because of the Bristol City games and the whole games. Um, actually, nine, technically, because of the QBR game you can class as well, which I think is what's going to come back to bite us on the backside because ultimately there's six points there, give or take. 20 seconds here or there, quite literally, where you know, you're putting us on an extra six points and then all of a sudden you're looking at where we are in the league, we would have been... 64 points, we would have been fifth off top. Um, There's two home games, Graham, that I will go back to, and it's not them ones. The two home, game, home games I'll go back to this season, that has absolutely crippled us, was Blackpool and Preston in quick succession. Yeah. Two nil-nils when we have dominated the ball and ultimately did not have anybody in the box. And that was the early stages, I think, of not having a striker. But when I look back at it, I know we've had ones where we threw, threw games away, and look, that can happen. But the fact that we absolutely bullied them all over the park and we got two nil-nils back-to-back crippled us because they weren't in great form then either. They they weren't. And we all said these are two massive games where I think we were just starting to believe because I think we were sat third or fourth. Mm-hmm. We're thinking, right, let, let's see how we can get on. It was just, I think that one proper, in my eyes, sort of deflated us for a little bit. And it was that that was the start of thinking, oh fuck, we haven't got a striker. But look, we've reacted well, and yes, we've threw game threw points away. But them two, I'll always look back on and think they fucking crippled us. I do think as well. I mean, we're talking about things that was probably going to cost us the playoffs in the end. But I mean, look, just devil's advocate. I'm very much the. I think people know I'm very much you can't choose when you get promoted. I feel this season's a bit of a missed opportunity. But look, just to give balance and devil's advocate, I think. There's loads of games where we've we've won because of what we've done as well. Like won games because of how well we've played and done stuff. We can't just concentrate on the times when it hasn't worked out because there's been so many times it has. And ultimately this season, even if we finish like an annoying point off the playoffs or something like that, yeah, it's hard not to look back at the games I've mentioned, the games you've mentioned, Brad. But I think ultimately it'll board really well for the future and we're delighted. But just to give you a little bit extra hope um, before I ask Dave what he thinks, and this is going to be um, total 100% unadulterated hope because it's not just about who Blackburn play. But I did have a little look at Blackburn's fixtures because essentially they're the team we need to catch. Um, Hull at home and then Coventry at home, Preston away, Burnley at home, Luton at home and Millwall away. I'm going to not, I know I said between seven and nine, I'm going to say we get more points on Blackburn. And I'm going to go as far as that. If that means we get in the playoffs, class, unexpected. Don't think we'll win them, so I don't think it really matters. But um, ultimately, I think we'll get more points in them. And it depends on where they finish, whether we end up in the playoffs. Now, com- completely convinced myself that now I need to book a holiday to um, London in May. And um, Dave, are you feeling as, as confident? What are your thoughts on the last sort of fixtures we've got? How many points can we get? Are we just kind of like, is this just a pipe dream? Or is it maybe on? I'll I'll give you it as maybe on based on what you've just said. I think we'll end up with 10 points between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, that leaves us just short, doesn't it? If they, end up, well, if they ended up with seven points, what does that leave us missing out by if we get 10? Missed out by a point. That makes sense. <sighs> then, yeah. Horrible. Um, 
So yeah, that's I, I think we're on for ten points. I hope Brad's right. I, I I genuinely hope it's twelve, and I hope that your part becomes true and they're on seven. And yes, we pip them by a point. That'd be lovely, um, because who knows what will happen in the lottery of the playoffs. Uh, if we, yeah, if, we it, if we don't know, Dave, it's all right, isn't it? If we don't make the playoffs, it it's fine. And that's that's what that's where you've got to take the <clears throat> the passionate and biased side out of out of it. You've got to go. Listen, it's it's frustrating. That's the third time today, by the it way. It is the third time you said this. <laughs> it's almost as if I'm on one today. <laughs> you've you you've got to just see it. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, what a season! <sighs> Human nature to think of the negative, unfortunately, isn't it? How many uh, points do you think we'll get, Graham? I've said before, seven, eight, or nine. I think we'll get more than Blackburn. You can't um, pick three different points. You need to predict. <laughs> we'll get more than we'll get more than we'll get more than Blackburn. That's all I'm saying. Get more than Blackburn. That's as far as I'm let's going. Just, let's just hope it isn't like if we're if we're gonna miss out, let's miss out by four points. Let's not miss out by one because that's horrible, absolutely horrible. Ultimately, though, lads, I think again for about the twentieth time this season. Uh, if not more, compared to about three or four negative ones, positive podcast, positive feeling. Bill's got his spots on end again. Uh, we're talking about hope as opposed to desperation and anxiety. So, fire on, fire on. Um, all good. But Brad, Dave, thanks very much for joining me, mate. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. <laughs>